Ito ang Ice Garden. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Top Shelf where we keep the hot takes and the hard liquor. I'm Hannah Beavis with my co-host Michelle J. We're back for another week of women's hockey talk. Michelle, what's up? Not much. How are you today? Tired, but good. That's good. It's been the end of a well, it's not really the end of a it's, week. It's, it's been Wednesday. Week. It feels like the end of the week, but it's only Wednesday. I'm convinced this week, for pretty much everybody I've talked to, is like that 30 Rock meme where Liz Lemon's like, what a week. And whatever his name <laughs> is, is like, Lemon, it's only Wednesday. That's literally how I it feel, may. though. I'm like, I'm ready for the weekend. I'm ready. Oh, to, no. I'm, I'm ready. And it's like, no, no, it's only Wednesday. I know. And then I realized we're headed in, into like a really busy weekend for women's hockey. And I'm just not ready for it. Also, the Olympics is like in two weeks. Like we're right here. Everything's happening. February is tomorrow. I don't understand how and that happened. And the bean pot. Holy shit. I forgot about the bean pot. Shit. I know. Oh my god, so much is happening. So much is happening. Like literally the bean pot is next week. Now that's round one of the bean pot. Yeah, that's over a couple of weeks, right? It's on like the Mondays and Two. Tuesdays. Um, it's so the men's is on Mondays. Um, but the women's is on Tuesday nights. Okay. Um, so it's the first two Tuesdays of February hmm. in which Boston College, Boston University, Harvard, and Northeastern play a um, two-night tournament, essentially. Uh, the women's tournament rotates locations every year, so each one of the four schools hosts it mm-hmm. every four years. Um, and they also... I actually don't know how they pick who plays who on opening night. Um, but this year, it's at BC. Which hmm. should be super fun. I might have to see if I can come down for that. maybe Or maybe at least for the championship game. Yeah, I'll only be there. I'll be there for the championship round. Um, when they're playing the consolation and the championship game. Um, it's a fun time. It's a fun... Yeah. It's, it's a big point of pride for college hockey fans and college hockey people in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, especially on the men's side, it gets a little gets a little crazy. They play at TD Garden, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's wild. Um, but yeah, it's just a long-standing tradition. This is actually the 40th year of the women's tournament, the women's bean pot. Ooh, that's um, a milestone. Yeah, they have a 40th anniversary team they put together, too. Oh, cool. Wait, uh, I do remember uh, that. We should talk about that maybe next week, because I remember there was at least one player who was not on it who probably should have been. Yeah. Like, Marie-Philippe wasn't on it. Let's talk about that. Like, how do you leave her off? <laughs> I don't know. Like, the line, like, it's stacked. Um, The whole 40th anniversary roster 
and it's they're gonna do a um they'll honor them during the first uh the between the first two games i think mm, very cool. uh clearly probably not all of them are gonna be there considering like kendall coins on the list on the team uh but yeah the list is it's a fun little list let's let's save it for next week um but we should definitely okay. talk about it uh michelle what are you drinking tonight well, I started off finishing, well, because we've been talking for like 30 minutes before we started recording, <laughs> um, I started off uh, finishing off a um, double IPA, it's called Freak of Nature, Ooh. it's very good, it's pretty, it's kind of strong, it's a little hoppy, I enjoy it, and since that's almost gone... I'll be moving on to um, a raspberry lager. It's called Purple Haze. Ooh. Yeah, the can oh. is nice and purple and pretty. Those both sound good. But um, yeah. I really enjoy the names of both of them also. That's pretty much how I pick beer. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking? I grabbed a, uh, it's hot chocolate with rum chata in it. it sounds very Hannah. Mm-hmm. I needed something a little, uh, chill. I didn't want to do, like, wine or anything, so I was like, you know what? Hot chocolate, I'd drink anyways. I'll just spike it with some rum chata. We'll be good to go. Sounds like a good thing. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh. So let's jump right into it now that you've got your your second drink open. There's a lot to talk about this week, and I'm kind of not sure where to start. Where do you think? What do you think we should talk about first? Well, we already started talking about college talk a little bit, so I thought we start with Katie Burt this weekend, last weekend. This it had to be this weekend. Yes. Uh, on January 27th. So yeah, on Saturday. Uh. Uh, claimed the NCAA win record uh, for careers. She now has 115 career wins, which is kind of crazy. Saturday's win broke a tie with uh, Nor Ratu, mm-hmm. who was a golden gopher and took that title in 2013. Yeah, so Nora did have the title with 114 wins, and... Katie Burt has managed to beat that with quite a bit of the season left. Like, she's going to, I'm sure, get some more wins before the end of the season rolls around. And, like, what was interesting to me, oh, like, yeah. she's a great goalie. She's played very well. She's basically started since her freshman year, which is also probably part of the reason she's got this this record now. is because she's gotten a lot of games. Um, But we... She hasn't been playing super great this year, but I guess it helps when you have a team like Mm-mm. BC in front of you that can score like 1,200 goals. It doesn't really matter if you're having a down year because your team's like, that's fine. We'll just score 100 goals every game. Are you enjoying I your chips? I was going to say, on. are you enjoying your chips? I can't hear you. <laughs> I was trying to crunch quietly, but it didn't work so well. I mean, like, Daryl Watts is on my team, Katrin Lonergan, um, McKenna Newkirk, like, they're stacked. So, 
and I mean, Bert's in, Bert's in the conversation, like, down the road, um, I, I think still for, like, USA Hockey. Like, she's going to be in the mix for some of these goalies down the road. And it's going to, it's tricky because, like, I think Alex Rigsby is, like, 25 or 26, and she's the oldest goalie on Team USA right now. So, like, everyone's super young. Maddie Rooney's 20. Katie Burt isn't even 21. I mean, but Maddie Rooney's 20. Like, so it's a young, yeah. it's a young, super young team anyways. So, like, if she wants to try and break into that, and freaking Rob Stauber has apparently decided that Maddie Rooney is his goalie of the future or whatever. So, like, <laughs> she's going to have a hard time. You don't sound salty. I'm, I'm a little, I'm just a little bit like, you know, I was thinking today, I was like, I feel like I got to go into this Olympics just, like, with expecting, not expecting anything. Because you just don't know. Like, Rob oh, Stauber's yeah. thrown so many wrenches into this mix. You just you just can't have any expectations. So, but, like, Hensley won at Worlds, and she's, like, 21, no, 23. And Rooney's gonna maybe potentially start at the Olympics. So, if Bert wants to get into this mix, like, she's gonna have to outplay one of them at a camp, or maybe wait until Alex Rigsby isn't on this team anymore. But we don't, like... We just don't know. She's going to... It's going to be a dogfight. Either way, she's going to have to play better than she's been playing. Yeah. I think she's good. There's no doubt about the fact that Katie Burt is good, Mm -hmm. um, especially considering her age. But is she Team USA good when we have people like Maddie Rooney and Nicole Hensley? I think, you know, that's one big thing to consider. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a, a, a wide difference. And that's... Katie Bird's been playing in um, in Hockey East, and the three goalies that are on Team USA, I think, all played in the WCHA. That's a super good point. I want to check that, because if that's true, that's huge. And, like... I'm trying to fact check myself as I'm talking, and that's why I keep pausing, like, really long. Rooney did for sure. Rooney was at UMD. Um, yeah, Hensley and I, and I think Rigsby was Wisconsin. Um, Hensley, I'm not sure about. Oh, Hensley was at Lindenwood in the CHA. Never mind. Which is very interesting. Okay, two of three. Two of three. I'm like, yeah, that Rigsby or that Hensley at Lindenwood is a little bit of a. I mean, you can you can have good goalies on teams. Maybe I don't know. You can you can be a good player on teams that like aren't, you know typically like powerhouses like not everyone on team usa was from is from like wisconsin or minnesota or bc or or whatever like i mean you look at britney howard for and on robert morris and she's one of like the top players in college hockey right now and she's on robert morris in the cha which granted robert morris is a ranked team like they're very good but they're in a conference that people don't typically associate as with powerhouses yeah i just think um you know one of the long-running threads or themes of women's hockey in the NCAA is um, hockey East versus WCHA kind of thing. And the teams don't ever see each other until or rarely see each other until they get to the frozen four. And as the record books show WCHA almost always wins that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's always the conversation of is she hockey East good or is she NCAA good? Mm-hmm. Because there's no way to come, and it sucks. It sucks. It's a bad byproduct of women's hockey and just travel schedules that we don't get to see WCHA play 
hockey East more often. Well, yeah. Uh, when we do, it's fun. Oh, it's a ball. And I mean, usually. especially because we usually only see them in the championship games, and those are always good games. Um, mm-hmm. Well, we had a question earlier in, in the in the podcast where somebody asked, you know, what does BC have to do to prove that they're legit this year? Win. Yeah, like we 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 don't know because we won't see them play a WCHA opponent until the Frozen Four, like. And like sometimes W, I think usually one of Minnesota teams, either um, the Golden Gophers or Duluth, comes out here, or and one of like a hockey team will go out there. Mm-hmm. But still, that's like one, that's one series, that's one weekend out of a whole season. And you never know where a team is in their season, where they are players, um, who's hurt, who's resting, who can't travel, blah, blah, blah. So it's just not – I think that would be one good – that would be something I would love to see in NCAA hockey is more interconference in, – interconference? Inter? Intra? I don't know. Cross-conference play. Yes. We're going to go with cross-conference. And like, more cross-conference play. And, like, um, maybe, like, an outdoor series – like bring make it a whole like event bring a, a two or three teams out to like minnesota or something and have like oh that would be fun and like a like a tournament style thing because if you're gonna if it's gonna be a big thing for travel like try and line it up so that you get as many games as you can in like one mm-hmm. one series or one weekend or whatever and like you know make it an event like because it's gonna be high quality hockey and i think that's something else to think about when the um i think it was duluth came out here this year uh they came they come out and they'll play like three to four games in three to four days because they'll try to squeeze in a couple of different teams Mm -hmm. and so again i just don't think that's a good indicator a good a good metric for how good these teams can be because that's tough to play three to Mm -hmm. four games i mean they're already used to playing two games in two days but to add on that and travel, I mean, both of us are from the Midwest. It's not a super hard trip, but it's also not like rainbows and butterflies to get here. Right. And like if if you're dealing with a travel day, because it does basically take a day to get here. You got to get to the airport. Mm-hmm. You got to fly here. You got to land. You got to go to whatever hotel or wherever you're staying at. So like that's a day. And if you're the home team and you can just, you know, waltz over to the rink whenever you want, like it does make a difference. It's not the worst travel in the world to get here but like it does make a difference it does um and yeah i think having a tournament would be pretty cool mm-hmm. though they should put it in boston just so it's easier for me to get to i i mean i'd Not like biased. to be there too but also i think it should be in minnesota because you could have you minnesota have... always gets the frozen four it's the state of hockey like and it's always cold there <laughs> You could sure. have you could have like Minnesota and Minnesota Duluth, like your Bemidji's in there. Um, I was about to say North Dakota, except they don't have a team anymore. Too soon. Um, like Wisconsin. Yeah, but you it's... have Boston. Okay, but like you have Boston College, you have Boston University, Northeastern, all within like literally less than ten miles. You could run. You could train for a half marathon, and still have room to go running between. B, C, B, U, and Northeastern. Have you done that You could before? probably throw Harvard in there, too. Have you done that before, Michelle? No, that would be crazy. You no, I'm a, I'm a loop person. <laughs> like, I like running in a loop so I can start 
hard. I don't want to like start in one place and end in another. Then you gotta, you it's like that some... part. It's like that fun run episode in the office. I've never. I've Where never seen are we? The oh, I don't know. Like five kilometers from the office. <sighs> My dad is a runner, and there was one day where it was super windy, and so he didn't want to do, like, a loop or anything where he was going to have to run into the wind. So he had me drive him, like, probably five miles from our house, where he was going to only have to run in a straight line with the wind at his back and drop him off, and he just ran home. I love that. I feel that so hard. (laughs) It was very, like, he's like, I don't, I really don't want to run in the wind. And then he got this look in his eyes, like, I can... I can beat this. I could figure out a way around it. And he did. I, so when I was training for a half marathon last year at this time, um, I frequently contemplated taking the train down to like the far point of the route and just running home. Yeah. Cause it was like the wind was going to be weird or the trail was going to be weird the rest of the way. I never did it, but we, we did used to drive part of the way to our trail. Mm-hmm. Just because it was better along, um, it was better to run along the river in Boston than like out by where I live. Okay, so go with me on this one. Half marathons thirteen point one miles, which right. if you if you round up, is fourteen. And guess who scored fourteen goals this past weekend in a CWHL game. I was really confused as to where you were going until you got to the 13 and you rounded up. I know, I know. 13.1. I know you're not technically supposed to round up with 13.1, but I was trying to make the segue. And so I was like, I just, I'm just got to go with it. I just got to try and sell it. That's okay. I'm just going to, ugh, you. Just okay. So you know, well, you didn't hard. answer my question. Um, <laughs> you know who scored, do you know who scored uh, 14 goals this weekend? I do know who scored 14 goals. Montreal scored 14 goals over Vanky, which hashtag ouch. And it's it's not even like Vanky like just landed in North America and was like, all right, we're gonna get our asses kicked. Well, they had. I'm I I'm not happy that Vanky is losing. Like, but I am like I remember when we were talking about how good they were when the podcast started, and I was like, man, how are they so good? And then you, we looked at the schedule, and it was like, oh, it's because they've been playing like. Boston and Toronto and Markham who were struggling at the beginning of the year and so yeah now they're playing teams like Calgary who they lost to 10 to 3 last week and Montreal who shut them out 14 to 0 and scored eight of their goals in the third period after they were already up 6-0 like just pour salt into the wound like holy shit that sucks I think someone tweeted at us like what Way to jinx it or something. <laughs> the highest scoring game. Yeah, yeah. We were talking last week about like 90 goal games. Uh, Montreal's like, hmm, let's try and beat that. And they didn't They didn't beat it. But, you know, I think 14 hours is the biggest margin of victory so far this year. Maybe. I, I don't want to go down another rabbit hole and try and figure out if historically like what the biggest difference is in the CWHL. But, like, that's probably up there. But that's a lot less of a rabbit hole than it is. I didn't expect to talk about Bulgaria for 20 minutes last week. I don't know what you expected. <laughs> um, I never know what to expect when you and I start talking. That's fair. But so, like, 
um, they had in um, Banky and Nat had in um, Tiani Zhang in Nat. She's and she let in twelve of their goals, and I'm not sure if they pulled Elaine Chuli because she let in two and she played for ten minutes. Um, so I don't know if they pulled Elaine and then put in Tiani, and and or if they had let her play for fifty minutes and then they were after twelve goals were like meh okay. We'll let you sit. Because that just seems... Wait, which game? Uh, this is the 14-0 game. Are you looking at the game sheet, too? Uh, I've got... Yeah, I have the game report up. I have a stat sheet up. At Between 12.46 and the third... And the period between 12.46 and 14.13, Tiang Zhang just, like, came back on. Made one save. And then Chuli came back on for 14.13 through the end of the game. That's bizarre. Was it a power play? It was a, I, po- it was a power play? Maybe? No, but Tian Zhang had already been out of the game. That's weird. For like four and a half minutes. That's gotta, that's weird. That has to, why? Why did they freaking? So the way I'm reading this oh is Oh my that... god, no freaking way. So, so Zhang was on, and they pulled her. And then they put in Julie. Yeah. Who let in two goals in less than four minutes? And so then they put Zhang back in, who let in a goal a minute and a half later. And then they pulled her again and put Chuli back in. <laughs> Ouch. Also, let's talk about freaking. So Sarah Lafort had five goals and an assist, and Katya Clement Hydra had four goals. Aaron Ambrose had four assists. Like, I'm a little surprised at Sarah LaFour being the highest scorer of this game. Also, 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 oh my god, I can't believe we didn't remember this. Carolyn Willette is back! Oh yeah, we totally glossed over that one. We had, <laughs> we had to, yeah, we have to at least mention that Carolyn Willette, less than three months after having a baby, is back and... I think she had two assists in this game. One. One, one assist. One assist. But, like, she, I think she has four points in two games back or something like Like, she's almost producing at a point-per-game pace, and she's li- and she's literally just come back from having a child. Like, Yeah, she has four points in three games. Legend. Like, Carolyn Willette is my hero. <laughs> yeah, that's literally ridiculous. She doesn't have a goal. Yet. She has four assists. <coughs> Not that that really matters. Yeah, seriously. Like, oh, God forbid she doesn't have a goal. But she is... I mean, it kind of does matter that she doesn't have a goal. Because she's, like, knocking on the door. Yeah. Um, yeah, the reason that it matters that Ulat hasn't scored yet is that she's one goal shy of establishing um, a new record for career regular season goals. She's tied for first with 130. So, so, so next goal, next goal gets it. Maybe she'll get it Saturday when we're at the game. That'd be pretty fun. I would love that. Dear Carolyn Willette, please score while we're there. Sincerely, Hannah and Michelle. Oh my god, this press release about her returning. Wait, this press release about her returning is hilarious. What does it, it say? It's just like the four-time Olympic gold medalist and four-time Clarkson Cup champion, ch- champion was on a brief hiatus in 2017 to give birth to her first child. <laughs> Oh, 
just a casual four-time Olympic gold medalist took a brief hiatus. Like, yeah. I run like three miles now, and I'm like, all right, I'm good for the week. <laughs> Carolyn Willett's like, nah. We also wanted to talk about Toronto and... We've talked about them a lot on this podcast and how they've been struggling significantly this year. And last week, we talked about Amanda Makala's breakout game against Montreal. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of like how, you know, oh, well, we think she was really good, but, you know, it was it was one game. Like, can't really know anything from just one game. We have to see, you know, what else she can do. Um, Toronto beat Calgary twice this weekend. They swept them, which should not happen like I don't think anyone expected after they beat Montreal like maybe they get one win they beat them three to two in the first game they beat them five to two in the second like not only did they not allow them to score like anything but like they scored five goals which I don't that might be the most they've scored all year against Calgary it is the most goals they've scored all year against Calgary like, what are the best teams in the league? Who was in net for Calgary? Who was in net for Calgary? The answer to that <sighs> is coming up as soon as the page loads. After this brief break, I've got I've got the three two game up. Lindsay Post, yikes. Um, uh, Delaney Bryant. Uh, Delaney Delaney Bryant started the game. The five two game. Yeah. Oh God, when did they pull her? After three goals. Yikes. And then Tony Ross came in, gave up one, and that last one must have been an empty netter. But, uh, yeah, it was. In, in net for Toronto in both games was Amanda Makala. So I think it's safe to say, um, and obviously this is a team effort because they're scoring more than they have. She's on the map. She's on the radar, which makes me so happy. It kind of feels like she maybe had to get her feet under her a little bit. You know, get some confidence rolling. Mm-hmm. I think the whole team... Get some time in net and then just... Yeah. I mean, this this team lost a lot this year. They had players go over yeah. to Europe. They had players go to centralization. Erin Ambrose left for, like, Canadian. Um, like, they, they had a lot of turnover this year. A lot of new players. They also had a really tough beginning of the schedule. In the same way that we were talking about how Vanky had a really easy beginning of their schedule, um, for a team that lost a lot, they came out and played. Their second series was Vanky, Calgary, Conlin, Vanky. Oh, my God. Montreal. Right? Yeah. So you're going to... That's brutal. You have a lot of turnover. And they went to China pretty early. Yep. They, I think they were the first... Them and Markham uh, were the first yeah. trip. So, you know, you have a lot of turnover. It's tough. All of a sudden, you're not really finding yourselves. So you're in a slide. Um, but they only have five games left this season. Shit, really? And Oh, no. Yeah. But they're against visiting Markham. I say visiting with verbal air quotes because Toronto is that I'm not really. That's not pretty. They're not far. Well, I wait. feel like. That's not much of like an away series. They play Boston to finish, just to finish their season at the beginning of March. So, well, you know, because I'm looking at like playoff standings. Um, 
to see if they could like potentially sneak in like like honestly they kept their season alive this year by winning both of those games because they're yeah so so the standings right now montreal is basically a lock cumlin's basically a lock calgary's basically a lock Mm -hmm. They're a little bit further behind Cumlin and Montreal, but they're they're basically in. The interesting stuff gets to the middle of the pack, where we have Vanky, who has 23 points in 21 games, Markham, which has 21 points in 21 games, and Toronto, who has 16 points in 23 games. So they have the same number of wins as Markham, but they have... 14 losses whereas Markham only has seven and they've gone they've got four overtime losses and three shootout losses so Markham's been getting that extra point more than mm-hmm. uh, Toronto has which is important yeah and so and Vanke's got 11 wins and nine losses and they've only gone to a shootout once but so Toronto is seven points back of Vanke but because they're playing Markham, like, that's going to... And those are the two teams that are playing for a playoff spot. Like, that series... I think Vanky's going to fall out of the playoffs. I think it's just going to be a race between maybe Markham Ooh. and Toronto to see who's going to get that last spot. And that, I really I think Vanky's going to fall out of the playoffs. Yeah, they, because we've looked at their schedule, and I'll pull it up again, but I'm pretty sure they're playing, like, Montreal and Cunlin and, like... They don't play Toronto and Markham yeah. and Boston at all the rest of the season. Like, I have – I don't think they'll get a win the rest of the year. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, Vanky plays two against Calgary, two against Montreal. Oh, Calgary and Montreal – okay, here's something interesting. Calgary and Montreal are going to China. Hmm. So I think that's important to note. Mm-hmm. They should be leaving relatively soon considering their first game on Friday or, or Saturday um, but yeah so Vanky plays Calgary Montreal has one game against Cunlin in China and then heads back to the states to play Cunlin in Massachusetts on the last weekend of this of the season yeah and those are all those are the three teams that are ahead of them in the standings and so far like they have shown yeah. they are significantly more talented than Vanky, and so I I think they should consider it a win if they get one win out of any of those games. So, but I don't see but I don't see Calgary falling out of the playoffs or Cumlin or Montreal. So that means there's one spot for Markham and Toronto, which are currently five points apart in the standings. So if Toronto sweeps Markham in that series, then they're only and they do it in regulation. They're only one point back. And then it becomes, you know, how do you finish your season? Yeah. So I think Definitely. they've, they've got a shot. Very interesting. I think, I think Toronto can do it. I think they're they've got some momentum. Markham's not an easy team to play against. They're very gritty, but I think if if Toronto can keep playing the way they've been playing, there's no reason why they can't. You know, get maybe three out of four points or four out of four points. The trick is going to be not going to overtime or extra like extra time, not letting Markham get any points because then even if they win, like yeah. it's not going to matter. They need to beat them in the standings. I think Toronto has a little bit of an advantage too in that they're playing Markham, which we said again 
is not exactly a true away series. You know, it's not like going to Montreal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then Boston visits them for their le- for t- series of the year. Mm-hmm. So you're they really don't have an away series, like a true away series. So that's going to help. Which, when you're coming down to the tail end, I think that helps a little bit. Mm-hmm. And speaking of playoffs, we found out... Um, this past weekend, where the Clarkson Cup is going to be, they are going to have it on at Rico Coliseum, home of the Toronto Marlies, um, which is in Toronto. Which, yeah, is in Toronto. Duh. Okay. Duh. I definitely would have said the same exact. <laughs> um, and it's going to be on March twenty fifth, which is the day before my birthday. Um, Happy almost birthday. It'll be a great gift. I'm going to try and go up and watch. Um, and so they're doing they're doing a double header. The Marlies played that day at four, and the Clarkson Cup is at noon. Yeah. So they're they're doing a double header that day. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, they're partnering with the Maple Leafs again too. For I don't think yeah, I saw they're that. They're partnering with the. I had to reread. Yeah. Uh, they're partnering with the Maple Leafs for the Clarkson Cup. Um. Which is, what, now the third year in a row that they've partnered with a NHL team? Well, they've got the partnership for with the Toronto. Clarkson? I mean, they've got the... How... How... Then why aren't they having it at the Air Canada Center? Um, that's a very good question. I mean, I guess... I mean, schedule-wise, they might not line up, and if that's the only weekend they could do it, like, that's what happens, I guess. But that, that's weird that they'd be like, oh, we're partnering with the Maple Leafs, but we're playing in the AHL team's arena. Um, is the AHL arena smaller at all? Yeah. I mean, it's not as big as an NHL arena. It's not a bad size. I've been yeah. in Rico a couple times for, like, um, like other events. But they, and they've, the CWHL has, pl- no, they haven't. They, they did a, uh, an event there. They did, like, a women's hockey day at a Marley's game a couple years ago where they had, they invited some Furies players to do, like, an autograph signing and drop the puck. So, I don't know if the if the CWHL has played in Rico before. I don't and I don't know how much they can fit. Maybe like ten thousand, eight thousand people. Like it's not a bad sized rink. It's just yeah. not huge. I just think like optic wise, you know, when you're watching the game, um, on TV or on a stream, uh, because the game is being nationally broadcast on Sportsnet, mm. which is pretty cool. Yes. I think optic-wise, you know, smaller place, if you can fill it up more, just looks better to the people that might be like, oh, women's hockey can't bring any fans in. Look at how empty the stadium is. Okay, fine. Like, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Um, I don't know I don't know if they'll fill it, but I think they could get, if they did, if they do marketing, which they haven't done a great job of this season, but if they're partnering with the Leafs, maybe we'll get some, some help in that regard. Like they could, they could um, do a pretty good job, I think, of of getting people there. Uh, it's also important to note that it's um, that day is the Marley's Women's Hockey Day. Is it? Well, that makes a lot yes, of sense. Then. So that's how I think that's probably how they're like tying it together, uh, which will hopefully help with the marketing and that the Marleys will really push it. Um, I'm just glad it's not in Ottawa again. 
Yeah, Ottawa was fun. Ottawa was nice. Um, I was hoping that they would get another. It was just just a pain to get to. I was hoping that they'd get another NHL rink. Because when when the Ottawa contract was up, like, you know, then you have the option to maybe branch out to a team that you haven't partnered with yet, like maybe maybe Edmonton or Winnipeg, or or you go back to like a place like the Bell Center or Air Canada, which they played in before multiple times. So I was a little Rico's fine, and I'm glad that it's like you know in in Toronto and it's a nice rink and it's near league offices and it's going to be a good venue. But I was hoping that maybe it would be an opportunity for them to get another like partnership with an NHL team. And and I'm a little disappointed that that didn't happen. Yeah, I think maybe having a new partnership would have been nice, but I I think there's uh, um a lot of good reasons to have it in Toronto, especially since like they're able to partner with the AHL and have it be Women's Hockey Day, and they are partnering with the Leafs. Um even though it's not a new partnership. <laughs> Uh, and I wonder if um, the broadcast with Sportsnet had something to do with where the location had to be, because uh, that's mm-hmm. always a good consideration. And just also, you and I went to Ottawa last season. No, two the season before two that. Years, two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago, um, and not that Ottawa is like super hard to get to, but. Toronto, I feel like, is way more convenient to get to, at least. Because, um, like, we both had to fly through Toronto to get to Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of flights we were finding were going through Toronto. So I wonder if, from a fan standpoint, it makes it easier to get fans from all over the country rather than just one. Yeah. And, and it's nice, I guess, to have it in a market where, like, the CWHL has already established itself. Like, Toronto's got um, the Furies and Markham slash, um, oh, God, where were they before? Shit. <laughs> where were they before they were Markham? It starts with a B. Brampton. Brampton. Ah, yeah. Oh, man. How quickly we forget. Um, so, like, they've got kind of, like, a fan base already there. And that's where the league offices are. So then that's money you're saving, not having to have everyone travel. Um, so exactly. it'll be, it'll be good. Before we start, uh, our next segment, which is going to be talking about an NWHL game, I would like to personally apologize to Brittany Ott for, <laughs> for, uh, my comments on last week's podcast about how, uh, it was the beginning of the end for her. Um, I will, I will take the karma that threw itself in my face this week and quietly sit in my corner because oh my god that was her best game all year holy shit (laughs) Uh, uh, i mean yeah okay okay what what are you what are you okaying about i mean oh all right so the game went to 10 rounds of a shootout um and the pride didn't win to to clarify so it was it was boston and buffalo in buffalo and nobody scored a goal in regulation, right? It was a the final score was one zero, and, yeah. and it went to ten rounds of the shootout. So like, Amanda Levier and Brittany Ott were like on fire, like holy shit, yeah. in- incredible. Like both teams did, like both goalies stood on their heads, and apparently, and well, not apparently, 
but Brittany Ott had this like fantastic save that everyone was like save of the year mm-hmm. and, and I was like cool great awesome <laughs> save but like is it really the save of the year when you didn't win okay I, I have an issue with this and we, we were talking about it a little bit before the podcast I don't think you should like say a save is not the save of the year because of the outcome of the game like I'm looking at that save by itself regardless of what happened like and it is a thing of beauty like it's incredible I don't care that they lost that save is fantastic okay that's not to knock the save because the save was really great but it's just like everybody's like oh my god and I'm like "Uh, definitely would have rather had that point that second point please second point like especially when um when Boston's like hurting for points as we're getting to the end of the season mm-hmm. and they're especially hurting for points against Buffalo you really that extra point would be so nice and I mean you can't we can't it's not fair to put the whole loss on Ott in the shootout because she did yeah. play outstandingly and would have helped maybe if more people you know put the puck behind yeah. Levy yeah. you have to score to win like you you she needed a goal yeah um, but for me, everybody was like, oh my, my God, what an amazing save. And I was like, oh my God, would it have been amazing to get a second point? I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, but like, I, I feel like you can't, I really don't think you can give, you can blame Aunt for this one, which is after last week, like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but like, you, you can't blame her for this loss. Yes, she needs you need to make you need, you need to have your goalies make the saves you need for the wins, but like come on. No, I would definitely agree. I guess this is coming out it, it comes off wrong. It comes off as me being like I lost it. Mm. It's more me being mad that people are like, "Look at this awesome save." Not like and me being like they needed the point. Um cuz it definitely like would have been great. Um, if uh, the pride, you know, had put one more in. Yeah, I mean, but I guess when you go eleven rounds or ten rounds, which is an NWHL an NWHL record. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Okay, so. Oh my God! Holy shit! Oh my God! The Connecticut Whale are one what? point back of Boston. I know. Boston, Michelle, Boston could finish this year at the bottom of the standings. Yes, that is what that means. I don't think they will. I'm gonna... I think they do. I think Connecticut barely beats them, but I think they will. I'm looking at this. I'm gonna look at the schedule. Who are they playing for the rest of the year? Dun, 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 dun. This is January. I want February. Well, Boston plays Connecticut. Oh, that's going to be an important game. Yeah. And then there's the All-Star break. Yeah. And, and then, then the Pride play the Buttes. And the Whale. So that's a loss for Connecticut. Um, the Whale again. The Boston Pride play Connecticut twice. So they play them three times. This uh, real oh, Michelle. Oh man, 
Sydney Rossman, Sydney Rossman, this is your time. This is your time to shine. If you ever wanted to steal games, now is the time to do it. Oh, um, the schedule for the end of the season is actually super interesting. It's going to be fantastic. Boston and Buffalo are going to be kind of battling it. Uh, no, they're not. I struggle to say they're going to be battling it out for that seventh, for that second spot. Okay, but Michelle, like, Buffalo is seven points up on Boston. Seven. They're not that's even only close. Three games. Yeah, but that's assuming that Boston has to win all those games, and then Buffalo would have to lose. And I don't think that's going to happen. That's true, but I think it could. I don't th- I, but I don't think it's fair to say that Boston and Buffalo are battling it out. They're not. Boston's trying not to be in last place right now. Okay, I would. Okay, I'll give you that. Talk, let's look to talk about it in like two weeks, and maybe that will have changed. But like, they're not. They're not. Boston has two wins. Buffalo has seven. Like, they're not in the same realm right now. Yeah, but Buffalo has to play the Riveters three times. Even if they if they lose Before all the those ends. if they lose all those games and Boston wins the three that they play, Buffalo's still two games up. Like <laughs> so, the t- Buffalo and Boston will play once more. Okay, that will be an important game. I will. I will so that's an important that. game. If Boston wants to try it and make a comeback, Boston has to win that game. Yeah, because that's like that's a good point swing there. I still stand by my. Boston could sneak in a second. I I'm gonna I'm gonna take you up on that. I think there's no way in hell. And he, and here's why. It's not that I don't think that Boston is gonna lose. Like I think we could see, but I think Boston could beat Connecticut a couple of times. I think they're gonna have to figure their shit out. But I think they could do it. Yeah. I don't think Buffalo is going to let them though. I think Buffalo's gonna get some wins. I don't expect them to just roll over and like lose the rest of this. of the games that they're going to play I also wouldn't be shocked if they upset the Rivs in one of these games especially because they're going to be playing them so often so like they'll be they'll be getting used to their style of play they'll know what to expect and all you need is one really good goaltending performance and Amanda Levier had the game of her life this past weekend who's to say she can't do it again that's true i guess to an extent one thing to think keep in mind though is buffalo has to travel for two of those games Hmm. and that's a tough travel yeah it is that's rough Uh, buffalo traveling anywhere is tough and and like granted Um, i i I get that it's a long shot that they could beat the riveters because i mean they've been so good this year like it's it's a long shot but I, I don't think bu- Buffalo is going to let Boston get into second place. I think Boston can do whatever it wants. Buffalo is going to get at least one or two wins, and that's going to be it. Or e- even if they don't get wins, they just got to go to overtime. They got to get a point. I think this weekend will be important because we'll see the Riveters. We'll see Buffalo. The Riveters at Buffalo. Mm. Buffalo doesn't have. This is Buffalo's last home game of the season. Oh, shit, man. See, okay, now that's interesting, because then they're going to be on the road a lot for the end of the year, so that's that's something to keep an eye on. They'll be on, yeah, they'll be on the road, oh, like, pretty much always. I, so this is probably Buffalo's best shot at beating the Riveters, because the Rivs will have to travel 
and Buffalo will be playing at home, and it's also their last home game. And, and it's a Saturday game. Mm-hmm. It's a Saturday afternoon game, which makes that travel even tougher. Oh, God. So, like, do they come in the night before, or they're going to have to leave at, like, 3 a.m. that morning? I have no idea. That's brutal. Either way, yeah. that's brutal. Um, so, like, we could see Boston at the bottom of the standings if Connecticut manages to pull out a win. And if Buffalo beats the Ribs, like... I think if Boston loses and Buffalo wins this weekend, that effectively puts Boston out of the race for second, regardless of what happens the rest of the year. Okay, I'll take that. Let's we'll, let's revisit this conversation next. Okay, week. yeah. Well, I mean, we really can't. I mean, we can talk in circles forever. We really got to just see what happens this weekend. We do. All right. Should we move on to mailbags? Uh, are you are you trying to skip the favorite portion of the podcast? Let's stump Hannah. Oh, oh, I was going to do that. Oh, I forgot we do that before we do mailbag. <laughs> Whoops. Mostly because I was really excited to sing. Oh, yeah, we can't, don't, yeah, we can't forget. We can't have you forget to sing. Who was the first player to score against... Fuck, I should have figured out how to spell it. Say your name before Googling how to say your name. It's Man and Room, right? Yeah, thank you. I knew this question. Who was the first Who was the first player to score against her in her NHL debut? Um I'm gonna need some some uh choices. Oh, shit. You could literally make names up. Like, I'm terrible at that. <laughs> like, I have no idea. I don't even know. I don't even know what team they played. That, like, this is a seriously um, obscure piece of trivia. At Jeff Jones, you who I know gave this question because he said he told me it was <laughs> coming, but I, I did not look it up because I'm a woman of honor, and I and I didn't want to cheat. Except I have no idea. Like, I have no idea. I have no clue. Like, okay. Um, you are. Okay. Oh, I have a good one now. My fire. Okay. My one. Desire. Believe. I want it that way. Okay. Tell me why. Ain't nothing but. Okay. And we can be like, okay, and then just keep Well, then going. you started singing, so I jumped back in. Uh, okay, was the first NHL player... The, the, oh, Jesus, mother of Christ. Uh, I, love, I love every week you could just tell when the alcohol hits. We've arrived. <laughs> Who was the first player to score? Can you say your name again? I think it's Man on Room. I'm pretty sure it's wrong. I know our French listeners are probably going to be like, no! And I'm going to be like, I'm sorry! I don't speak French. <laughs> I'm convinced everybody just screams at us all day. Yeah, pretty much. What else is new? Yeah. Michelle, <laughs> focus. Okay, uh, was it Brendan Shanahan? 
Rick Zombo, Garth Butcher, or Jeff Brown? I'm going to throw Shanahan out right away because I feel like that would be talked about way more if, if he was actually the one who had scored. Who are the other three? A Butcher? Garth Butcher, Jeff Brown, and Rick Zombo. Butcher. Damn it. It was Jeff Brown. Aww. I was like, Um, his name's too generic. Right? That's kind of why I was glad it was him. I picked some crazy names because of it. I almost picked picked Zombo because I was like, she wouldn't have picked that one and had to try and say it if it wasn't the right answer. Shanahan had the second. Really? Yeah. She made seven saves and allowed two goals. There's a kind of a nice little Sportsnet article about her from 2015 I'm reading that told me that. Oh, that was nice of them. Okay, are you ready for your question? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I decided to drink anyway, so. Oh, I got a drink. Hold on. Okay. Your question is, which CWHL goaltender has allowed the fewest goals this season? Amanda, Amanda, Amanda Magalek, Amanda, I feel like Nemo when he's trying to say he lives in an anemone. <laughs> Makala. Yeah, Amanda Makala, thank you. That's not correct, but she's actually not on this stat sheet, which makes me feel like <laughs> I have to double check now because that might be the right answer. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Welcome to <laughs> Women's Stats, where you never know if they're actually right, and sometimes players don't exist. Um, I don't know. Why isn't... She, I guess she's not a qualified goalie. Well, that's and that's why I think she might actually have, like, she might actually be the correct answer to this. Like, I guess it depends on if we're talking about goalies, like, qualified goalies. Because per... Like, if you look at are you are you freaking cheating? You're wrong. You're wrong, anyways. Like Makalev was not the correct answer. I know. I was looking it up because I wanted to know. <laughs> after I, I mean, I said you're Amanda, basically like okay. I cheated Slow because down. I wanted to know. <laughs> no, you said. Well, my guess was going to be Amanda Makalakalaka. Your your guess was Amanda Makalak. It's not. Oh. It was going to be. That was the name you gave me. That's the name I'm giving. Yeah, you're, you're wrong. But drink. Then, <laughs> but, but then you were like, oh. She's not on this list. And so I went to fact check you. Okay, you can't fact check me on my own question, especially when one of our questions last, one of our trivia questions last week was wrong. We were corrected by Erica Ayala. I I should have fact checked it before I asked you. So the correct answer to this one is, if we're looking at just qualified goalies, is Lindsay Post from the inferno she's allowed 18 goals in now but to be fair though she's only played nine games which of all the goalies on this list is the fewest number of games from anyone so it's not hugely surprising that she's the correct answer but she doesn't have a bad she's only i feel like i should have just guessed nora ratu she's second so it would have been a good guess 
Um, and she's played 16 games. I know she's second because I'm looking at it. That's a uh, 1.52 goals against average in a 9.47 save percentage, which leads the league by a significant margin. Damn. Yeah, and that's a lot. The only person who's played more games than her, Sonya Vanderblik has played the same number of games. Uh, and then Dom obviously has played 19, and Elaine Chuli has 21. Ain't nothing but a heartache. Tell me why ain't nothing but a mistake. Tell me why I never wanna hear you say I want it. <laughs> uh, so you should start the podcast singing. Yeah, just start it there. Just really throw people off. <laughs> Okay, next question. True or false? Ooh, good. 50 shot. Okay, 50-50. Is, is Emily Falzer taller than eight bottles of water stacked up vertically? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Please, who, who sent this question in? Who do you think? Mike Murphy. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Oh, I'm in tears. Eight bottles of water stacked on top of each other? Is she taller or shorter than that? Okay, well, I do... She, so she's... Okay, I'm gonna try and math this one out. She's five, like, two and three quarters, or whatever. Or five, two and a half, or something like that. Um... So, 5 feet, 12 inches is 60 inches, so 62 and a half inches tall. How tall is a bottle of water? Eight bottles of water. They're probably like 10... No, they're probably not that tall. I'm gonna say false. Falser. Ha! hate you <laughs> is that right wait what did you say she it, tr- i said i said which she, is taller emily falls or eight bottles of water stacked the, up the water vertically. the eight bottles of water stacked up on top of each other yeah you're correct yes! eight bottles of water are taller than emily falls i need now a photo of emily falls are next to eight bottles of water stacked on top of each other <laughs> i know I was like, you started this question, and I was like, awesome, I know how tall she is, this is gonna be easy, and then you were like, eight bottles of water, and I was like, shit, I don't know how big a bottle of water is, shit. According to Mike, a bottle of water, a normal bottle of water is eight inches tall, Emily Falzer is 62 inches, or about seven and three quarters water bottles. (laughs) Uh, Here's, so, I got a question for you, Mike listening to the podcast what's taller erica lawler or seven bottles of water stacked on top of each other oh, oh funny. fine tune in next week to find out because now i'm actually super interested but we're gonna keep going okay. um okay you gave me a true or false so i'm gonna give you a 50 51 too uh, i'm looking at katie burt's season statistics has she made so far this season more or less than 800 
total saves? More. You are correct. Yes. She has made 816 saves this year. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Just so squeaking that one out. It's, it's close. Do, yeah. Do, 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 do. Okay. Shall I move on to the mailbag? Yeah. So, first question I want to do, I need you to watch a video. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, I saw that one. Did you watch it? Yeah. I could probably use a rewatch. So, we had a question this week that is very timely, so we're going to address it. From uh, Alessandra Nicodema at a Nicodema, a underscore Nicodema on Twitter. And she wants to know, she wanted to know uh, what our thoughts were on the Costa hit in the CWHL. And we will link to this because you really do have to watch the hit in order to um, to have an opinion on it. But essentially what happened is it looks like Markham was playing Cunlin and during a play... So if you watch the video, the puck goes out of the zone, a Cunlin defender picks it up, and Costa kind of, like, I wouldn't call it a cross-check, but she, like, makes contact with her. Like, she kind of gives her a push. And the Cunlin player goes to retaliate, except her retaliation was whacking her in the head with a stick. Like, she gets her hard. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's not like she lost control of her stick. Like, she, she had her stick up. She was actively aiming for, like, an upper part of her body. And, like, that's a dangerous play. And there was no suspension on it. And so, a CWHLPA tweeted, with the new player safety guidelines effective February 1, which, like, also, side note, I want to know what the player safety guidelines are and how they're different from ones in the past, but that's another conversation for a different podcast. Um... But they said the CWHLPA sincerely hopes that the CWHL will reconsider the Costa hit, um, the ruling on it. And because, like, like looking at it, that's a suspension. I don't care if it's, I don't care oh, if it's yeah. one game. It should probably be more than one game, even in a shortened season, which I know has impacted, like, in the NWHL, um, length of season has been taken into effect when, when giving out discipline. Like, some players, like... You don't usually see a suspension longer than a game just because, you know, they don't play 20 20 games in a season. But, like, that should be, in my mind, even with a shortened schedule, a multiple-game suspension. Mm -hmm. It's bad. Yeah, it's bad. Um, The thing is, for me, okay, I just want to clarify before I start talking that uh, Costa's the Markham player, right? Yes. Just want to make sure. Like, for me, like, Costa's collision or Costa's what you called, like, kind of a cross check seemed more like a hockey play. Yeah. At least to me. Because, like, it, she's skating hard out of the zone when um, Taylor Marchin, Mar- Marchon, Marchin. Wait, that's who it was? I think so. Isn't, yeah. I'm it's number cool. 11 on KRS. Yeah, Taylor Marchin. Yeah. You know, Costa's skating hard to get to the puck, and Marchin goes to get the puck. Up until Marchin swings her stick, it's a hockey play to me. Mm-hmm. They collided. Did maybe Costa give her a little bit of a shovey-shove? Yes, but you see that all the time. Yeah. 
um, especially because they were like kind of entangled together, just the way they met at the like just beyond the blue line, the way they were both skating. They it looked like their limbs got a little tangled. Mm-hmm. You know, fine hockey play. Maybe Costa came in a little hard, whatever. But when Marchand swings her stick, not like oh I have no control over my body, just like straight up, like aims. I keep rewatching it, trying to come I know up with the right word. I'm but trying just to like... see if she hits her head, and but like even if she doesn't, even if she just gets like the back of her neck or the top of her shoulders, like the fact that her stick was up that high, to me, that's like you're like that's head hunting. That's like actively yeah. trying to like injure your opponent. Oh yeah. Um, to me, it looks like she hits her kind of at the top of her shoulders at the bottom of her neck which is a pretty dangerous area to hit super dangerous um, yeah like definitely deserves excuse me deserves punishment from the cwhl on uh on taylor Marchin, who apparently has just kind of like turned all of her accounts to all of her social accounts to private which is very interesting to me <laughs> I'm like, how much how right. much backlash was she getting? Like, holy shit. I I missed this when it happened. Um, this was a tweet from on January twenty eighth, which like I was not really active on social media at all this past like five days. So like I missed this when it happened, but so I don't know how big the backlash was when when the play actually occurred. But it's it's bad. Yeah, um, like it needs to be addressed. And I think it's it's disheartening to see that the CWHL has not done anything about it um, for a league that tries to be like the premier women's hockey <laughs> league in North America. Uh, Shots fired. <laughs> it's pretty, it's extremely disheartening to see that they haven't done anything. And part of me wonders like if it wasn't an ambassador, would we have seen something now i don't know i don't know what the reasoning is and maybe you know benefit of the doubt maybe they are waiting until february 1 when these rules go into regulation and we will wake up tomorrow and it'll be like you know the cwhl has reconsidered this ruling and march is suspended for so many games like but still why don't they say like in the nhl they say so and so's under going will have a hearing uh you answered your own question player whatever is you, you answered your own question because yeah. you said in the NHL and if we're looking at the staff the NHL has for player discipline versus the staff the CWHL has for discipline, uh, probably not the same structure. That's true. No, that is true. But even just being like, like it's not that hard to just send a tweet and being like, we're looking into this. Mm-hmm. Just to at least have some statement on it. Yeah, I yeah, I agree. They they there definitely should have been more of like a this is under review or we we acknowledge the the severity even just like we acknowledge the severity of this play. I don't okay, so you don't suspend mm-hmm. the player, okay? But like can we at least acknowledge that this is a dangerous hit? Yeah, I think like at the most basic level that's not hard to do. No. Just send a tweet. Yeah. Do it. Anyways, that's, we had a lot of thoughts on that. Um, 
Somebody wants to know, is cereal a cold soup? At yeah, I man, saw that. At man and tweed. The answer is no, you monster. Like, cereal is cereal and soup is soup. Yeah, I don't even understand that. What's your favorite type of cereal, Hannah? Oh, shit. Oh, man. Hmm. Well, it used to be Cookie Crisp. That was my go-to. In Cookie was... Crisp. In high school or in uh, in college, it was Fruit Loops. Ooh. Recently, it's been Cheerios, because I don't regular know. Cheerios. Yes, I don't like the weird flavor. I mean, <laughs> maybe maybe like Honey Oat or whatever, like Honey Nut Cheerios, maybe, but like regular regular Cheerios, because you just, you can't mess them up. What about what about you? Uh, well, I only I really shop do my grocery shopping at Trader Joe's. Um, so I like their their version of Honey Nut Cheerios because like Trader Joe's only sells Trader Joe's brand stuff. Right. Um, so their version of Honey Nut Cheerios are really good. Uh, I love Special K with red berries, but they're yeah. kind of expensive. I see. I never have had that cereal, but I used to eat those. Oh my god! I'm like majorly having flashbacks now. Like uh, college when I ran, that was all I ate. I would buy the Special K Red Berry Bars, and I would eat probably, like, five of them before races. Like, it was... I ate a shitload. That was my pregame snack. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I also really like Fruity Pebbles. I like... I like Fruity Cereals. Like, the Fruit fruit Loops are good. Fruity Pebbles are good. Like... Fruity, sugary cereals? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good place to be. Mm. Um, when people ask me, I'm like three years out of college now, three or four years. People are always like, oh, do you miss it? I'm like, no, but I do miss the unlimited cereal bar in the dining Yes. Yes. I miss having a cafeteria to go to and, and not having to cook. I didn't really do a lot of cooking in college. I just, I went, I went to the cafeteria. Yeah, I just miss the cereal bar. <laughs> you could like mix and match the cereals in one bowl. Do you... Cheerios and Fruit Loops? No. Oh, God, why? Because then it's not too sweet. No. Ah. <laughs> no, you don't mix cereals. I didn't realize I had an opinion on this until you said what? it. And now, no. I... Why would you do that? Because it's like a combination of flavors and textures. No. And sizes. I... No. <laughs> I just... Don't mess. Why would you mess with perfection? Cereals are already fine just the way they are. No, because then they just get better. I could, I don't know, maybe like, maybe like Rice Krispie Treats and Fruit Loops, maybe, but like, Fruit Loops and Cheerios? No. Um, yeah. Okay, we're just gonna tweet us. Alright, tweet, tweet us. at us. Do you mix I'm... your cereals? Like, this is not something I've ever even thought about. You've literally never seen someone mix cereals in one bowl. No. <laughs> because all my friends understand that you just don't you just don't do that. I'm stunned if you could see my face. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, let's let's stunned. end let's end the podcast there. That's a great great note. Oh sing before the podcast. Shit! I sing randomly God in the middle of Damn it. <laughs> what? There was the mail. It never fails. It makes us want to wag our tails. When it comes, we love to wail. Mail. Mail. At least mm. you. At least you remembered before we signed off. 
I know. And, yeah. I, and I put it in the past tense. Does that work? Yes. I, yep. And so I'm just not going to move it. It's going to stay exactly where it was. Uh, please tweet us your top shelfies. Uh, we want to see where you're listening to the podcast, what you're drinking, if you're drinking anything while you listen. Use the, has- use the hashtag top shelfie and send us your photos. Um, we are working on getting a Patreon up for the Ice Garden Podcast Network. The goal was to be at the end of January. We're obviously going to be a little bit later than that, but we, we have plans. They're in works. They're in motions. Hopefully that will come sooner rather than later. Um, we're on iTunes and SoundCloud uh, under the Ice Garden, I think, or Founding Four. Um, which is the other Ice Garden podcast you should listen to. Erica Ayala, Mike Murphy, talk about the NWHL. They're fantastic, and I love them. They're the best. You should listen to it. Um, Also, oh my god, if you haven't already, like, plug, Erica Ayala did an interview with Stephanie Phillips, who is the creator of Kicking Ice, which is a graphic novel about the NWHL and like um, two uh, two girl hockey players and in like this NWHL universe and and the interview is so good and there's a Kickstarter that you can if you want to support it like listen to the interview support the Kickstarter this is such a cool project and like NWHL players know about it Team USA has done interviews on it super cool stuff um we're still singing Backstreet Boys. We've been singing Backstreet Boys. In my head. Oh, it's a catchy song. I like. I get it. Should we? Am I? Am I missing anything? Or are we? Are we good? I think we should sing out. No, I think we're good. Oh, are we singing out? What are we singing? Oh, we're we gonna sing that. We should sing Bye 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 by Insync. <laughs> were you an Insync or a Backstreet Boys girl? I didn't. Ha- I didn't care. I was not really either. I was a Jonas Brothers girl. What? That's not even the same era. It was a boy band. I didn't. I didn't listen to NSYNC or Backstreet Boys really growing up. I wish you could see the confusion on my face. <laughs> we clearly had very different childhoods. You're over there mixing cereals and listening to Backstreet Boys, and I'm over here with my regular cereals, as it should be, listening to the Jonas Brothers. Cause it ain't no lie, baby. Bye bye bye. Bye bye. See you next week. <laughs> we decide to come back after this podcast. <laughs> The ice card is Do you have a roster? I do. I was distracted singing Bastard Boys to myself. <laughs>